Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Tamara Kleinberg. She's the founder of Launch Street, which is an online innovation program and community. She's also the creator of the proprietary innovation quotient edge, and we're going to be talking about that today. Amy's a sought-after keynote speaker. She's a CrossFit addict, and she's also a knee-high sock lover. But from apart from that, she's also part of an elite group of TED speakers, and she's completed three Tough Mudders, and as she says, and counting. But her whole life is about breaking through the status quo to achieve game-changing results, and that's what we're going to talk about today, how we can achieve those breakthroughs for big results. Welcome to the show today, Tamara. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to think big with you. Excellent. I like that. Let's talk about Thinking big, I guess, is what we can go with here. When when people talk, you know, they usually talk enthusiastically about wanting to get to the next level. They they talk a big game about thinking bigger, but a lot of times that's where it ends. It, it's just a lot of talk. Uh, what what is that? What is the greatest barrier to achieving the innovations that we talk so much about? I, you know, I'm so glad you opened up with that question because I was just having this conversation with someone else about. They had these big dreams. They even put them on a beautiful easel chart with scented markers, right? It was great. And my question back to them was, awesome, how are you going to get there? Mm -hmm. And I think that oftentimes when it comes to, you know, my whole thing is innovation because if you're not being innovative, you are just adding to the noise and the customers aren't going to open up their wallets for you. They're going to walk away. But in order to do that, you've got to think really big. But I think the biggest barrier is the most fundamental thing, which is, what's your plan for getting there and what's a solid plan for getting there. And it sounds so obvious when I say it out loud, but, you know, we dream really big and that's great. And we, you know, say our affirmations to the universe, which I am all about. I meditate every morning, but you also got to have a plan to get there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, your show didn't happen overnight. It happened because of a plan. Right, exactly. You know, and I heard somebody say once that in addition to the plan, plan, the idea is great. The plan is great, but if you also don't devote some money, some real money that you're willing to commit behind it, that, that that'll kill it too. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I um, In the very beginning of my business, and I would say this was a big hindrance, it, it bottlenecked me. I was like, you know, I'd have coffee with some colleagues who own businesses, and they'd say, you got to invest. Every dollar you invest is a dollar that, you know, proof that you believe in yourself and it allow, frees you up to do the things that you should be doing in your business. And I would nod in those lunches, and then I would walk away and go, no, because I don't have the money, and I'm just going to work 24 hours a day. And I'm an entrepreneur, which means I have to do it all, you know, everything from big decisions to taking up the trash. Like, it was ridiculous. And if you look at those years, I had incremental growth at best. And it was when I finally realized, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to free up my time to do what I'm supposed to do and hire really great people. In fact, people who I think are better than me around me, that's when the business started to grow. So you are so right about that. Yeah, and, and it's just so true. Uh, 
Let's go back to the plan itself, though. That even can be a barrier because people will think, oh, my goodness, you know, they, they think they have to have a 50-page business plan yeah. and that they have to hire somebody to help them with the plan, which it's not always a bad idea to do that. But, you know, going back to money being tight, what do you say they have to have a plan? Because not having one kills most ideas. What are you talking yeah. about specifically? So I I look at the plans a little bit differently. So first of all, a 50-page plan isn't going to get you anywhere. That's how I feel about it. That's been my experience. Uh, I think we all know that we could spend months, months perfecting the ultimate plan to only hit reality and have the whole thing fall apart. So to me, that's a waste of time and a waste of your energy, and you just don't know until you get out there and try things. And, you know, especially when you're trying to do something disruptive or innovative, you really got to you got to get that duct tape out and you got to give it a test run. So my response to people who say that is, you know, hey, let's, let's back it up. How about a two-page plan that's the bare bones of what you need to do to get to that next step? And then we can assess what happened and then we can go on to the next one. And, you know, the other thing I would add to it is, and this is the mistake I see a lot of business owners make, is, you know, when it comes to innovation, when I talk about that, I'm talking about across your entire business. Everything you do needs to be innovative. Everything from your product or service, whatever you put in the marketplace, of value that hopefully people are paying for, but also how you do your customer service, how you set up your website, how you do your invoices. All of it needs to have a layer of innovation. And when that plan, when that innovation stops in your plan at the product, you're falling short. I mean, you think about it. If you have this just super innovative, game-changing, that change people's behaviors, product and then you put in the same packaging as everybody else (laughs) what are your chances of success (laughs) pretty low exactly and it just what you said is is so on point i mean when you think about it seriously that old saying that something's only as good as its weakest link and so if you have this wonderful innovative idea that is in nice packaging and it it does has all these uh, bells and whistles, whether it's a service or product or whatever. Um, and then the customer service is horrible. People won't care how good the product is because they'll be so exactly. frustrated before they even try it. So, so absolutely, it has to permeate every layer of the company if it's really, truly going to be um, innovative. So let's talk a little bit about uh, – okay, we've been talking at the business owner level. Yes. Let's talk about uh, – the conference room, that situation. And a lot of times, as business owners, we are the ones who drive, obviously. Yes. But but so much can happen whenever we are able to tap into our employees, our staff, uh, and, and bring their ideas to life. But a lot of times you get in a conference room, whether it's for a meeting or a staff meeting or whatever it is, and somebody throws something out and people get kind of excited about it and then it doesn't go anywhere. And I've seen that happen to where actually that can, you act like you're fostering a, um, an atmosphere or a culture where ideas are accepted. But then when you don't act on them, uh, that actually frustrates people and it's worse. So can yeah. you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on one of the biggest pain points as a business owner, too, and as an employee. I think from our perspective, as the leader of the company, we want our people to be innovative, don't we? I mean, do you ever mm-hmm. hire someone these days to just do the bare bones and be like, that's good enough, right? We want <laughs> our, it's not how it works, and we can't afford to, right? We are small, so we need to, and even yeah. if we're big, it doesn't matter. It, the truth is we need our people to be bringing innovative solution ideas That's why we're hiring them. That's their greatest untapped asset. So we need it out of them, and we get really frustrated when we get incremental ideas. Now, on the flip side, 
imagine that you're that employee and you've got all this enthusiasm and bubbling up of ideas and then they constantly get squelched either because leadership squelches them or because the team just isn't there with you and eventually you get really frustrated and you leave and then your talent is walking out the door. So there's a lot of challenges with creating a culture of innovation, but the beauty of it is when you create it, the performance of the entire team and hence the organization, the company is going to go up. But, you know, can I share one kind of of the, I'd say the biggest mistakes I see made that if you just flip this, you'll see a difference. Sure. So oftentimes we reward outcomes. So either something succeeded or it failed. Those are really our only two options. Mm-hmm. So if it succeeds, I'm like, Kelly, oh, my God, congratulations. This is so great. I, your new initiative worked. We are going to get together. We're going to have cake on Friday, and we're going to celebrate <laughs> that you brought in that new client because you tried that thing, right? Yay, Kelly, woo, and everybody celebrates, and yay, you. It's an outcome. Or the other side of it is, hey, Kelly, listen, I'm really sorry that initiative, that process improvement you tried didn't work. So let's have a belabored conversation about all the things that we learned so that you can feel horrible, but hey, let's move <laughs> right? And then we'll wrap it up in a pretty bow. And we'll put it on the failure shelf and, you know, and oh, you're looking a little overwhelmed. So how about I put you on a smaller initiative? Those are your two right. options. If, right. If the outcome is what the focus is. And, you know, I got to ask, right, if you're on that other side of the conversation or the other side of the table in that conference room, are you going to throw out an, an idea if your options are cake or the failure shelf? No. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty, so, pretty high risk there. Right? It's like playing Russian roulette. Like I could just go to Vegas and probably have better odds of success. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. So we don't mean to do that, but we're squelching a culture of innovation of more of what we want because we're giving pip- people a 50-50 shot at it. So instead, what I like to do, what we really focus on in my organization with the clients that we work with through Launch Street is um, focusing on behaviors, not outcomes. If you focus on behaviors that you want, you'll get a culture of innovation. So, hey, um, Beth, you know, I just wanted to say I'm so appreciative that you spoke up in that meeting. I know the 10 of us were headed in a, you know, we had consensus, we're headed in opposite direction. So kind of took a lot of risk for you to speak up and, you know, say your opinion, even though it's in the other direction. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Or, hey, Kelly, you know, I'm so glad that you submitted an idea for this this new venture we're going after. I don't know what we're going to pick, but I wanted to give you a gift card for taking the time to put something in thoughtful. Sure. It's a minor shift as a business owner, as a leader, but if you do that, what you'll find is your team becomes more and more empowered to be innovative over time because, I mean, we know this firsthand. Things fail or succeed all the time, sometimes totally out of our control. So the outcome is going to happen no matter what. So focus on the behavior if you want innovation from your people. Right, to encourage, to continue to encourage that kind of behavior because at yeah. some point, one of those ideas is going to be that game changer. And the other, the other thing I've noticed is that a lot of times when you throw out an idea, especially in a, a group of about five to seven, not a, a huge group, but about five to seven, uh, somebody will run with it and say, oh, and, and then, you know, add a little bit of a tweak to it. Mm-hmm. And it may not be what the original idea was, but by the time it's over, you know, the meeting's over, everybody's input after everybody's gotten excited and, and engaged, there's really something there that you can run with. And yes. it becomes a collaborative process. Well, and to your point earlier about, you know, people get excited, but then nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. You can't get things to happen if you don't have buy-in for your ideas. And that right. buy-in comes from collaboration at the beginning, not at the end, at the beginning. And I've seen it 
time and time again, it's this one-way tennis match where someone comes up with an idea, they lob it over to the person who's actually going to need to run with it in the long term. And that person's ducking and weaving. They don't want that idea. They didn't come up with it. They had nothing to do with it. They were not asked, you know, along the way. So, you know, that collaboration is, if you really want ideas that, that get traction, you got to get that collaboration. And the thing I would say about collaboration is that, you know, we think of collaboration as everybody around the table, but that's actually false and actually tends to kill ideas because then you're watering everything down. Everybody has an opinion, even people that don't, you know, have the right perspective. Mm-hmm. For me, um, when I look at collaboration, it's the right people talking about the right things at the right time. Yes. And if you get that to happen, then you, innovation becomes pretty easy. Let's talk about ways to jumpstart those types of collaborative meetings. You've got something uh, that you've developed called an innovator profile. Uh, what is that, and how is it useful whenever we're try- an organization in particular is trying to encourage a culture of innovation? Yeah, so the Innovation Quotient Edge is uh, our proprietary assessment, and it tells you your unique innovator archetype, which basically means how you naturally innovate. It's your natural strength. And, you know, so I used to – I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit, but I used to believe that if we all just, you know, I don't know, stepped outside of our comfort zone and dared to be (laughs) fearless, right, that we'd all be innovative, you kind of laugh a little because you know it's ridiculous (laughs) at the end of the day. And we all hear it from like motivational speakers. Like, all no, the time. No, I know. No, it's not how it works. What I discovered in 20 years of work and research is that being innovative is universal. We all have it. That whole you have to have the blue streak in your hair and work at a cafe is false. We all do it. But how we innovate is unique to each of us. And there's actually nine triggers of innovation. And it's the, the t- combination of the top two of those triggers that make your unique innovator archetype. And the reason um, I think that has become so powerful for the clients that we work with in small and large companies is that it allows people to understand how they innovate and empowers them and gives them permission to do more of that. And also recognize that, you know, the way you and I innovate is going to be very different. And that's okay. So not only have I been given permission for myself to innovate in a way that works for me, but also, I'm like, oh, hey, Kelly, okay, so you're a collaborative um, risk taker. That, you know, that means you are going to approach this a little bit differently. And now I have a little more respect and understanding for the differences between us. And you had said earlier, you know, an idea gets tweaked and tweaked and it finally gets to the right place. That can happen if we're all coming from different perspectives and we respect and understand that about each other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, so, you know, the the thing that I'll give you an example. So there's this catering company out here, uh, Footers Catering. They're a small, small, mid-sized company. They're fantastic, rocking it out here in Colorado where I am. And they focus, um, Anthony, the owner, focuses a lot of time on culture of innovation. Part of the reason they've been so successful and have such an incredible team. He had the team take the IQE. And I'll give you one funny example from this. One of the triggers is inquisitive. Inquisitives are people who innovate by asking questions. They recognize that innovation is in the questions, not the answers. And they are brilliant in innovation because they pull back the layers of the onion. They challenge assumptions. So while the rest of us look at things on the surface level, they tend to go a little bit deeper. But why? But how come? Well, what if? And, you know, you know them in the meeting because when we're all done and closing our notebooks, they're still raising their hands. <laughs> yes. Do you have that person? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been in meetings with several of those kinds of people. And and I, so this person at Footers Catering, people used to think of as annoying because they just wouldn't stop asking questions while everybody else is off doing. 
And when she did the IQE and realized her, part of her innovator archetype was inquisitive, everybody around the table was like, oh, now I get it. So now, now she has more permission to do what she does best, which is ask questions that challenge assumptions. The team has a lot more respect for her and gives her more leeway to do that, and everybody's being more innovative, where you, know, you might be a collaborative, which means you're not only magnetic, but you pull – you pull ideas together by pulling together disparate pieces of, of people and conversations and places and experiences. You kind of pull it all together. And if I know that about you, I know that you're going to talk to 10 people, assemble a team, you're going to go out and get some experiences, and then come to me with the idea, and I'm going to give you permission to do that. So when you've got a team of people where everybody understands how they innovate, they can set themselves up for success, they can bring more of that innovation to the table, and the team performance goes up. Well, and you had talked earlier about how you have to have the right people at the table. What a great management tool this would be because you can assemble teams based on the different styles, and you might have multiple teams, but they're not too heavily loaded one way or the other. You get a really good balance that brings a lot of these different perspectives to the table. I could just see all kinds of things happening in a company like that. Yeah, we see that quite often. We had one company who had the problem of a million different ideas but no execution, and it's yes. because they had a, if you looked at their heat map, we create these heat maps for organizations. You could see they had a whole cluster in one little area and nothing on the other side right. of the triggers. So they needed more execution. I wonder for you, I can't wait for you to take it because I wonder if you're a futuristic because what I hear you doing in our conversation is taking what I say and applying it to next steps into the future. Oh. The futuristics <laughs> are brilliant at that. They're always, they're always thinking 10 steps ahead. They're, they're creating tomorrow's solutions out of today's problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're brilliant at doing that because, that because of that, their innovation is more sustainable. But you're absolutely right. It is a brilliant management tool because it helps you understand, all right, uh, this is what I need. I've got this new initiative. It's extremely messy and cluttered and complicated. What type of innovator do I need on my team to make sure this happens? And in that case, you might want a fluid, someone who takes chaos and turns it into clarity. They're brilliant at that. So, and that's yeah. innovation in itself. So you can kind of put people in the right place. You can understand the team dynamics. And, you know, from the individual perspective, you can understand what you bring to the table and how you can be of the most value. Yeah, I I am looking forward to taking it. If any of our listeners are interested, do they just contact you directly? Is there something that they can uh, engage in your webs on your website uh, to take it? I mean, how how would they? Because this is just talking about it has made me so curious, and I'm sure it's <laughs> done the same to many of our listeners. So, what's your best way of of uh, using this instrument or taking it? I guess. Yep, if they go to myIQE.com, there's a link there, and they can take it from there. Um, yeah, okay. it's really interesting. You start to think, so there's nine triggers. You start to think of what maybe you are and what others could be. If they go to myIQE.com, they can you know, take the assessment, and they'll know. The cool thing, the thing that I'm most excited about in the report, because I'm a free spirit, but I'm wrapped up in a type A personality, so there is how you innovate, how you add value, how you perform at your best, and also access to a password-protected area with tools so that you can do more of it. You know, we, we sometimes shove our innovative side into the drawer and then we pull it out at that, you know, 3 p.m. brainstorm with the easel pad and the scented markers and someone asks you, you know, that, that horrible question of, if you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? And that's supposed to warm you up to be creative. <laughs> have you been in that meeting? Right. Oh my God. So yes, what? many of them. Right. Yes. So we, we want to give people tools to kind of brush off their innovative side too because when you ha- if, you, if you're one of those people who have felt like it's been squelched for a while, 
you need to warm up, right? We need to go to the gym of innovation and kind of sweat it out a little bit to get to that place. And once you do it every day, it becomes second nature. Yeah, well, let's talk about that for a minute. So often you hear people say, oh, the meetings that you just talked about, I, you know, I, yeah. I just go blank. At the time when I should be contributing the most, I just go blank. I can't think. But then I go for a walk or I'm in the shower and I have the shower moment, that aha moment. Why is it that when we are in a situation where we're supposed to be uh, innovative, we have a hard time doing it many times, but then when we're off by ourselves, not even really thinking about it, here it comes. I'm flooded with these ideas. Isn't that funny? It's like every time you yeah. need an idea, just go to the shower. <laughs> just go take a shower. <laughs> it, 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 it's 100% true. It happens all the time. There's a couple things I'd say this. One is uh, I have a friend who who studies the mind and what he was telling me, you know, kind of neuroscience, what he was telling me was that the subconscious is 40 times more active when it's not thinking about something, when you're not consciously thinking about something. So sometimes we put all this conscious effort into thinking about a challenge or, you know, that new idea, but it's when we shut down the conscious and let the subconscious kind of do its thing, there's a lot going on back there. We're just not present to it until we get the aha moment. So walking away from a challenge can sometimes be the best thing you can do. The other thing I'd say is, and we have, we've developed dozens and dozens of tools because of this. It is hard sometimes when you're put on the spot. It's 3 p.m., you go into that brainstorm session, or your client calls you with a challenge, you need to solve it. We've created this whole range of templates to help people think differently about things. And sometimes it's as simple as just asking different questions to get to different answers. Because we tend to ask the same thing over and over again and then wonder why we get the same answers. Yes. So, you know, we got to start from a different place. So you can pull any of those tools from our site and use them at any time. If you're on Launchfree, you have access to a bunch of stuff. Um, but sometimes that helps. Like sometimes you just need to start from a different place. But if not, hey, go take a shower because the subconscious mind is working. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have a favorite anecdote about that. I had a, an, an, I guess you'd call her an enlightened teacher in high school who told us once to uh, get out a, a piece of paper and then get out these um, this index that we had in the back of one of our books. And she said, turn to any page in the index, take the top word in it, and then turn to another page, take the bottom word in the index, and then write an essay somehow with with the concepts merged and oh. talk about making you think differently to be able to uh, free associate that way, I guess is what you'd call it because they were two totally different terms, but you had to find a way to write a coherent essay that included both concepts. So it, it really did get you kind of off of dead center and, and, and thinking in a different way. And th those kinds of tools are great. So let's, let's conclude by, um, people listening today, if there was one thing that you could tell them to do right now that would help them improve their innovation quotient, quotient what would it be? Uh, well, I would tell them to take the assessment, of course, because that's going to tell you exactly yes. what it is. But that right. aside, um, I would say the one thing I would say to up your innovation quotient is remember that you are a full human being. And what I mean by that is we tend to walk into the office, shut the door behind us, and we leave all our personal experiences and brands that we love and things that we do behind and focus on work. But if you really want to be innovative all the time, you've got to loop all of that stuff together. We're emotional beings, and we need to bring that emotion to work. And, the, you know, my favorite exercise to do is something I called geek out, which is basically when I'm stuck in a rut, which happens all the time. It happens to all of us. 
all Definitely. I do is think of, yeah, I mean, it's, it's natural. But I'm not, even though I'm in the business, I'm by no means immune to it. It happens all the time. But what I do when I'm in that moment is I say, what would my favorite brand do? That one that I love so much. I think it's so innovative. And if you ask me about it, I could geek out forever. You know, you mentioned in my opener that I love, I'm an addict of CrossFit, which I totally yeah. am. I could talk your ear off all day about it. But when I'm stuck in a rut and I can't figure out a challenge, I go, how would CrossFit solve this? And that just opens up whole new worlds. And yours might be Trader Joe's. It might be Starbucks. It might be something I've never heard of. It doesn't matter. But we're whole beings. And we've got to bring all of that experience and all of that emotion to our work. It becomes much easier to be innovative when we're not uh, compartmentalizing. Yeah, great advice. So, again, the best advice is to go take the uh, uh, innovation quotient or innovator profile. Uh, and that is at myiqe.com. And it's the letters I-Q-E myiqe.com, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. So everybody go there, take that, and uh, then get back with Tamara, and she will, you'll interpret it? Yeah. There's, or, um, a, you get a bunch of stuff once you get access to it with the tools. Okay. And the, it all comes in the report. So within five minutes, you'll have the information. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much for sharing today. You've been a great guest. I love talking about these kinds of things. <laughs> and uh, as business owners, I just don't think we can get enough of this kind of advice. So we really appreciate your Agreed. Being We're all in this together. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.